this week's episode of Light the Fuse. Y'all know me talking about the top five focal points that you need to take away from this week's episode of AEW Dynamite, including what Sting had to say following his iconic debut on the winner's coming episode of AEW Dynamite, what Don Callis and Kenny Omega had to say following their championship victory, quote unquote, or what most people are considering the Jacksonville screw job following their match with John Moxley for the AEW World Title. The Inner Circle Ultimatum. What went down with all that? And what went down with the Dynamite Diamond match between MJF and Orange Cassidy? I got all that. Plus, news on why Santana did not appear on AEW Dynamite this week. And of course, the huge ratings news that just came out a few hours ago. Or in this case, yesterday. With AEW Dynamite and NXT. And dare I say it, men lie, women lie. Numbers don't lie. Let's hit the intro. Let's talk about some AEW Dynamite. This is episode 277 of the YLP Podcast. And with that being said, let us begin. Wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian, Mr. Fretz. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the and Great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening to you are listening to you are listening to then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now enjoy the show. Are you ready? What's going on, guys? Zach from the WrestleMania Podcast here. Welcome to episode 277 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Friday morning. I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. 
and let you guys know if you have any thoughts, concerns, opinions, comments, anything of the sort. Do not hesitate to leave your boy a voice message over on anchor.fm slash radio, anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective. Leave a comment over on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Donate a couple shekels my way. I greatly appreciate it. Also, if you have any comments about today's episode when the episode drops, which is now, don't hesitate to leave your boy a comment, anything of the sort. Tweet me over at YL Perspective on Twitter, over on Instagram at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective. Of course, Facebook at Young Lions Perspective, all one word, or simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. All that good stuff. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm glad to have you guys here with me on this Friday. Hope you guys have been enjoying your week so far. Hope you've been having a great Friday so far. I know it's still morning time wherever you are in the world. Might be the afternoon. Who knows? Doesn't matter. Glad you're here with me and all that good stuff. But before we get into this week's episode of Light the Fuse, we're all going to be talking about the top five focal points that you need to take away from this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. And of course, all the other news that comes along with it. Y'all know I gotta talk a little bit about something, so gotta pay the bills around here, gotta talk about some things. This segment of the show is brought to you, of course, by Patreon. Over on patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio. 17 cents a day. Waiting to $5 a month gets you a lot of exclusivity amongst the ranks of the patrons. Of course, I'm gonna give a shout out to my patrons real quick. Of course, uh, Kavita. Uh, happy belated birthday to you, uh, Miss Lady. Uh, of course, my UK brother from another club, Jermaine Lang, Quarantine Jean Slack, and all the other patrons that are out there rocking with us. Much love. Thank you for your continued love and support. But yeah, $5 a month can get you access to our group chat, uh, which we talk to all the patrons and all of the members of WrestleMania Radio, including myself, DK Murphy, the HBIC himself, King Ricky Rose. Will Terra Shook, a.k.a. Billy T, Mr. Fretz, and of course, the man himself, Mr. Delight, the delight every single night, Manch Chapel. Over there, we get to talk about everything, including wrestling, all the other stuff, all the fun things over there. Of course, you're going to be able to listen to exclusive shows you will be able to hear outside of Wrestle Addict Radio patron, Patreon programming, I'm sorry. Shows like Love and War, hosted by Kay Murphy, and... King Ricky Rose, the 20 Bill Salute hosted by Mr. Fretz, and of course my Patreon exclusive podcast, The Secret Files, where you won't know the topic until you press play and all of my pay-per-view reviews, and of course I'll be reviewing NXT TakeOver War Games that went down this past Sunday, tomorrow. So if you are a member of the Patreon family, of course you'll get to hear that, and of course that's what my pay-per-view reviews will be from here on out. So if you want to get in on that action, again, $5 a month will get you all that access. But most importantly, I know we have the big sale, big thing going on with uh, using code WAR15OVER to get yourself 15% off all of my Teespring merchandise, the YLP collection, between now and the end of this year. But if you're a patron, you'll be able to use the Patreon exclusive code that'll get you 15% every single time you check out of my Teespring store. Of course, my Teespring store with for clothes for men, women, and of course the young cubs out there, including accessories like coffee mugs, tapestries, diecast stickers, socks, all that good stuff. All that good stuff. 
Get your YLP merch. Winter is here. And Christmas is coming just around the corner. Do not get left out in the cold. And pretty much screwing yourself out of making sure you make it big and handle your biz for your Christmas shopping. Get your Christmas shopping done right now before Christmas. Why not? Trust me. It'll make it. Trust me. A little bit of YLP merch goes a long way. You can use that Patreon code if you're a patron. Or, of course, use uh, code WAR15 over to get yourself 15% off no matter what. On that side, between uh, now and the end of the year, but you'll get all those perks and more if you sign up today. Patreon.com slash WrestleAddictRadio. Let's get into this week's episode of Light the Fuse without further ado. Now, keep in mind that everything we're going to be seeing from here on out will either happen on the road to AEW Revolution or at AEW Revolution in February. Following what happened at the Winter is Coming episode of AEW Dynamite, I had a feeling this would be more of a cool-down episode of Dynamite. But with what they were able to do with the storylines going on and what they are beginning to build, the road to AEW Revolution is going to be pretty damn interesting. Now, like I said, this is a cool-down episode. I mean, following what happened last week, on the Winter is Coming episode of AEW Dynamite, a lot of huge things happened. Um, of course, we had the uh, debut of Sting. We had Kenny Omega screw John Moxley out of the AEW World Championship with the help of Don Callis. And if you guys were watching Impact la- uh, on Tuesday night, um, that was an incredible segment as they talked about a lot of things. A lot of things actually went down. Um, Tony Khan was teasing buying Impact. You had... Uh, Tony Khan saying he was looking at some tag teams over there. You know, Kenny Omega and Don Callis uh, pretty much talking shit about Moxley. Uh, him possibly going after some more belts, teasing all of that. There were a lot of teases going on um, with with what went down on Tuesday night. And that carried over into uh, what happened on Wednesday night with Dynamite, which a lot of people are still buzzing about. And as well they should. This is a huge moment from, for, should I say, for AEW. With, of course, with the ratings that went down, 913,000 uh, average viewership, that was a huge episode for them. A lot of people were really engaged and wanting to see what was going down with that. And I'll discuss more about that in today's episode later on in the next segment with the, uh, of course, the, I almost lost my train of thought there with, uh, with, the, with the ratings and all that and, and all that good stuff. But this was a well-done, I think, building show. This is a very well-crafted building show. Uh, from what I had heard, and I was listening to uh, Joe Cronin the other night, uh, soon, uh, right after uh, the uh, AEW Dynamite on Wednesday, this was pretty much one of those, um, you know, building shows. It literally was a, build- a building show. And from what I, what I heard from Jake DeMarco and Joe Cronin, and if you aren't watching that on YouTube, I suggest uh, you subscribe to over there. This is not a plug or anything. It's just I, this is one of the... Uh, Show, post-game shows I watch on YouTube personally. Um, they were talking about this show actually being taped last Thursday. So soon after they did Dynamite, they actually taped um, AEW Dynamite. So this was kind of an interesting show. So a lot of things that happened um, was kind of interesting. So I would definitely saw what they were coming from with that. If you haven't checked it out yet, 
head over to Joe Cronin's uh the Joe Cronin show uh YouTube and like I said this is not a shame this is not uh any type of me sponsored by anything uh it's just the show that I personally watch on my own time um and I think it's a really good breakdown of shows plus it's hilarious as hell those two are hilarious with that so they did a really good job talking discussing what went down so it really kind of helped me like sleep on like something to think about and sleep and I slept on it I would say this I mean in reaction to it in the moment my mind first and foremost was like yo this is a really really good show but then listening to uh outside entities you know like a Joe Cronin like a solid monster like a JD from NY206 Fightful and all that stuff you know it really puts you back into perspective and makes you think okay this wasn't the, like, crazy, like, the craziest dope show in the world, because they kind of figured there was going to be a cool down a little bit, you know, they were, you know, with Winter is Coming, they were just simply building to the Winter is Coming episode, now we start the road to revolution, now we have a few months, of course, we gotta, you know, get through the month of December, get through the month of January, and we're gonna really start ramping it up for February, once we start the true, actual road to AEW revolution, but on the road to revolution in February, there's gonna be a lot of craziness along the way you know the women's division is starting to get it's starting to uh, look interesting the tag team division starting to look interesting a lot of things are going on so you know with this i know reaction to um with what went down you know last week was bonkers let's take a step back let's assess everything um with all of that and then you know assess all of the situation and be able to, you know, keep an eye on, okay, certain things happened. This wasn't the craziest show. There were certain things, you know, a lot of people were kind of like, ooh. Um, namely, uh, got some raspberry leftover. I had a protein shake earlier. My apologies. Um, trying to get my protein game up, get them gains. But, um, ooh. There was still, you know, let's get back in perspective and realize, you know, not everything was at its best. You know, the the hybrid two versus Young Bucks, although a solid opener for this week's matchup, uh, this week's AEW Dynamite. I'm sorry, um, you know, if you're the AEW World Tag Team Champion, you should be able to put a team away like the Hybrid Two quite quickly. Um, so keeping them in there. You know, in the matchup that, you know, really could have you could have beat them in like eight to ten minutes. They went about twelve as um from what uh Jake DeMarco was saying. Um for that what from what uh DeMarco had said, there were it felt like a longer matchup, even though the matchup was only twelve minutes. So, you know, I mean as much as I do like I do love the tag team division, certain things, you know, like a hybrid two versus the Young Bucks, Young Bucks should have put them a lot away a lot sooner than they actually did. So it kind of really messes up a little things a little bit. But, excuse me. Still keep that in mind, you know, it's like, wait, the Tiber 2 should have really done that. What I did like, though, about that portion of the program, though, was that the Acclaimed are starting to get a little bit of a push as well, and they'll be taking on SCU next week. Um, they were trying to, uh, you know, pick up the, the pieces uh, and go after the Young Bucks, but SCU cut them off at the pass before they can even get over the barricade and get into the ring and go after the young bucks. So maybe it, we're looking at a possible acclaimed uh, SCU feud with me with them building towards a possible match with the young bucks. Um, that will be something to focus on going forward. Uh, FTR defeating the varsity blondes last week, uh, this past week, you know, that's going to be interesting uh, to see going forward with that. Uh, I believe it was a, uh, 
Dax, Wheeler's saying, you know, it was his fault. I was the one that really, you know, you know, lost it for us. It was my fault. All that. And Natalie Blanchard was pretty much telling him, like, no, no, this is not your fault. This is not, you know, your fault. This is not, you know, our thing. I wasn't there. No, it was a cat. It was Kyle Schwiller. I'm sorry, not Dax Harwood. Um, I wasn't there. Um, one member, you know, one member of the team wasn't there. We're not like the others. We're in, we're invincible when we're all together. Okay. You know, so keep that in mind. You know, Dax said, as far as the tag titles go, you can slap a badass bumper stick on a Dodge Stratus, but it doesn't make an 82 Ford Bronco. We are the Ford Bronco of AEW, and we're the baddest and the best on the planet. Our goal is still the AEW World Tag Team titles. So that's going to be something we're going to keep looking at going forward in their pursuit to get back to championships. The whole deal with uh, Shaq having a sit down with Brandy Rhodes um, with this was pretty interesting. Um, and that kind of gave uh, the rub for the AEW women's division a little bit. You know, uh, Brandy felt some type of way saying, you know, you know, after, you know, Shivani keep uh, pretty much talking about, you know, just calling her the AEW's chief branding manager. And then, you know, about Shaquille O'Neal, you know, four-time NBA world champion, 15-time NBA all-star, one of the co-hosts of Inside the NBA, member of the board of directors of Papa John's, all that good stuff. And Brandy felt some type of way saying, all that butter on Shaq's toast, but only one thing for me. That's fine. You know, so they went over uh, what, you know, Shaq was saying on Twitter to Cody Rhodes. Um, you know, Brandy's talking about, you know, how she didn't deserve to get her arm injured after Jade Cargill attacked her uh, just a, week, a couple weeks ago. You know, Jade's the one who came into my house, came at my people. I did what was the natural response. If Jade does something like that again, I will get in her face again. But, I, you know, I hope that this can stop and no one else get hurt. Um, you know, Shaq says, you know, can this be settled between you two on Dynamite? I'd like to see that. You know, not to interrupt, but that'd be good. Um, Shaq talking about the little thing with him and Cody on Twitter was all in good fun. No disrespect to anybody. They're some of the best athletes in the world. I love Cody. I love Dustin. Love Dusty. Big fan of all of them. But you, you know, Brandy versus Jade, I can't wait. You know, Brandy says, you know, that's that. Okay, we're good here. Brandy shakes his hand with Shaq before heading out. Um, you know, shakes hands with Tony Schiavone. You know, Shaq then, you know, throws a little, you know, sneak this. Talking about, you know, while your arm is in a sling, you know, you should watch Jade out there, get some pointers from her. Brandy asking if that's a joke. Shaq's like, no, I'm, I'm quite serious. She's like, she pretty much says, you know, this is how you're going to disrespect me on my way out. This, this is the pattern of behavior. I'm sick and tired of this. Takes the cup of water that Tony Giovanni had in hand, which kind of makes sense that she was going to throw it on him. And uh, threw it on him. Called him an overgrown asshole. So now we got Shaq involved with all of this and of course with the rumor of Shaq versus Cody um might be a thing going forward who knows we'll see what happens with all that but it kind of you know it's, it's kind of little things like that that we're keeping an eye on going forward so just keep those things in mind um as we go on the weeks and uh months that follow with AEW Dynamite now is it me or is there a crazy amount of tension clearly brewing between Sting and Cody Rhodes. After the um, title uh, matchup between um, Young Bucks and the Hybrid 2, of course, uh, we, had, we had Darby Allen talking about, you know, the Team Taz and, and uh, of course, uh, him facing off against uh, Cage for the TNT Championship somewhere down the line. And a whole thing with Sting there. Cody Rhodes uh, heads to the ring. They're immediately walking in there. Arn Anderson's there, ready to address everything that happened last week. Tony Schiavone comes in. 
And then out comes Sting. Same uh, same appearance as last week. And um, lights go down. Sting is back. And people are really loving Sting's uh, appear, uh, you know, music. A lot of people are loving Mikey Ruckus for this. And shout out to Mikey Ruckus for the freaking in- the music. His intro is... His theme, his theme music is fucking banging. Um, you know, Sting gets in the ring. Arn grabs the mic from Tony. Looks at him and says, sorry, I just had to get a little closer to make sure this was real. Sting, I know you sure you, you probably have an agenda. I know Cody does too. For now, I'm going to step aside and make my way to the back. Shivani says, I think I'm going to step away too. This, this is your moment, Sting. Enjoy. Now, before Shawnee leaves, he's like, wait, 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 wait. Bring it in, man. Bring it in. How long has it been? You know, I, I got to give you kudos for helping me out with that iconic, it's Sting. But could you give it to me one more time? Just one. Tony, Tony, of course, obliges. You know, this is awesome chance to start coming out. Cody comes out and says, welcome back. Let me start by asking or maybe even thanking you for the assist last week, but let's just get to the point. I've been waiting to share a ring with you for a very, very long time. Sting comes out and pretty pretty much says, I'm not here for you, Cody. Not now, anyway. There's something that makes me feel at home here. Something really, really familiar about AEW. And immediately points up to the stands with Darby sitting up in the nosebleed seats with the TNT Championship. And I said on Twitter, did Sting just low-key give the rub for Darby? That's a, that's, if that's not a low-key rub for Doby, Darby, Darby, what the, with Darby, I don't know what is. Fans start chanting for Darby. I see the animals are all the same, but also different. Bottom line is though, I'm in a jungle. The Stingers come full circle. I'm back in the jungle and back on TNT. Cody then says to him, like I said, sir, welcome back. I know, Sting, of course, was then saying, I know you know everything that goes on here. But you know what I say. You know you know me and what I say. The only thing for sure about me is nothing's for sure except that I'm officially signed with AEW. And I plan on being close to the AEW wrestling fans and in this promotion for a long time. But the way I choose to play the game is my business. He then pats Cody on the back, brings him in and says, see you around, kid. There's a lot going on with that. A lot going on that will definitely unfold over the coming weeks and months. What will happen? Who knows? I know a lot of people are going to be speculating Sting versus Cody Rhodes, and I'm not even going to address that el- that possible elephant in the room. I'm not going to address it, nor am I even going to think about it, because we're not to that point yet, and I'm more of a see-it-to-believe-it kind of guy. So I'm going to wait a little bit to see how everything else unfolds and develops before we even get to that point, because we haven't still even seen what's unfolded between Darby and Sting yet. You know what I'm saying? So... Let's just bide our time. Let's calm it down. Let's turn it back down to four. We're even. We're at eleven right now. Let's turn it back down. Get it to four. 
chill on it a little bit, and let's see how everything develops before we get into the craziness and all that. Now, after what happened with Sting and Cody, Team Taz immediately spoke, standing, Taz standing with Hobbs, Cage, Starks, and his own son, Hook, you know, mockingly applauding the special moment, saying the big man Sting, and then Cody and the TNT champion Darby and the Raptors. How about our special moment when Cage, Hobbs, and Starks were beating the holy high hell out of Darby and Cody? And Tony Gunn had to go and sign Sting just to save the two golden boys. Stark says, speaking of, look. Now, Hook is training with Team Taz at the dojo. Taz says, it's real simple. My men are always ready to beat someone's ass. Who better? I'm going to love to see how this all unfolds. This is going to be very fun, very interesting to see how everything comes about. But, yeah, keep in mind, I would say, honestly... Let's keep let, let, let's let's pull it back a little bit. Let's let you know. Let's let's take in. Let's digest everything that happened. Let's just you know enjoy the moment for what it was. But let's not overreact or jump to conclusions just yet. Let's just enjoy everything we got going on. Let's enjoy the fact that Sting shared a code with, uh, uh, should I say, a ring with Cody, and just enjoy it for what it was. What, this was a really really solid moment, and there's tension brewing between the two. It's just a matter of how, when. You know, and who do and what happens to, happens with with the two of them, and what's going to happen with Sting and Darby going forward? Going to be very interesting to see what went down with all that. And my God, there's going to be a lot going on with all of that. Uh huh. Let me just get sorted here. My apologies. Now, I know you want to admit it, and if you don't, that's perfectly fine. What we saw with Kenny Omega and Don Callis between Tuesday and Wednesday nights was simply fantastic. We spoke a little bit about what happened Tuesday, a little bit earlier on in the segment, but then came to tonight, or should I say Wednesday night, my apologies. Omega's promise on social media, he's going to be arriving at Daly's Palace in a helicopter, did just that, flew in from Nashville, Tennessee, and he brought Don Callis with him. Big grins on their bring grins on their faces as they head in. Marvez coming up to him. Omega tells Marvez it's fine. It's really cool, right? You know, came in an hel- you know came in on a freaking helicopter and whatnot. You know, he then tells Marvez if you want to hear from me, just watch this next segment. Of course, Justin Roberts with his usual dope intro for Kenny. Please put your hands together loudly and welcome the first wrestler to hold both the AEW World Tag Team titles. AEW and tag world and tag team titles. The first wrestler to hold two different AEW championships. The first AEW wrestler to pin John Moxley. Facts. He has now held 17 different singles championships. He is on a 12 match singles winning streak. He is undefeated in AEW sanctioned singles competition over the past 466 days. He's the first contracted AEW wrestler to appear on Impact Wrestling and took the scenic route from there to here flying over North Carolina. He is the new All Elite Wrestling World Champion, Kenny Omega. I'm practicing that just a little bit. I like doing my Okada one better, but that's we'll save that for another day. So he comes out. 
and I even said this on Twitter. I guess that I guess becoming champion gets you a little bit of a bigger uh, paycheck in the budget. We didn't get just two sweet pets. We got four of them things. We got four of them out there now. You know, Omega Watts on stage, Callus behind him, Pyro flying, fans divided, booing, cheering, all that good stuff. They get in the ring. Shivani comes right into it. First off, what happened with the gentleman's agreement with Moxley? Second, what is your relationship with Callus here? And he adds that you've been wrestling, you've been in wrestling a long time since 1983. I've never been more disgusted than how I was last week. Callus takes the mic and says, are you upset? Well, if so, then you're like everyone else. The fans are upset. Giovanni's upset. Khan is upset. But why? Khan invited me. He took me in and treated me as an honored guest and then feels screwed? Well, welcome to the wrestling business, kid. Tells Omega, it's the biggest screw job since Montreal. But as they're then and at winter is coming, the stakes were much higher. And speaking of winter, hell froze over because you were on impact last night. Or should I say, Tuesday night. All the paradigms are being shifted. Shot at Moxley. But how do we cook this up? Did it take weeks of planning? Nope. Years. We've known each other since Omega was 10 years old. And I was watched. I watched Omega become a world-class athlete. I saw Omega become the best wrestler in the world. But I was the invisible hand watching and guiding and protecting him. Three years ago. Wrestle Kingdom 12, by the way. We changed the course of wrestling. Jericho versus Omega at the Tokyo Dome. The match that even Tony said helped create AEW. And this is the one big thing I was saying facts on right here. So you should credit us for creating AEW. We gave birth to it. So for JR to say we stole the title, I say you cannot steal what you create. We wanted the best bout machine, the seven-star Omega. You got it. So without further ado, your AEW world champion, Kenny Bogod Omega. Omega says, we always appreciate the family-friendly environment Callus creates. I wasn't at AEW's birth, crawling up to Khan with hands up, begging. He helped my friends and family. Please give them a payday. No. I waited. I bided my time. We waited over a year with this plan. Nepotism is a wonderful thing. And more than anyone else in the company, I pulled it off successfully. You can talk about accolades, awards, stars, trophies, plaques, banners, buttons. All compare in comparison to what I have right now. The most prestigious prize in all for wrestling. What I pulled off of Mr. Callis was not just a seven-star classic. It was the performance of a lifetime. Like fine art, inspirational, and all of you watching it all unfold fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. And whether you say you did or not, I don't care. Khan, Jerry Lynn, who cares? We just needed Moxley to fall for it. Look what you did to me. This is real, showing the black eye that I received from the speakers in the matchup. But you don't have the brains. That's where Don comes in. That is why you fell for it. Sure, I use the microphone, Bob. But nobody kicks out of a one-winged angel. Nobody. And if you thought last week was a, was a surprise, if fans thought Tuesday was a surprise, we're just getting started. There's so much coming. Cal stops him and says, you can't tell the fans that yet. They can't handle what's coming. But to put it this way, some people make matches. Other people make money. Kenny Omega makes history. 
We'll give the fans something you've they've been waiting a year for. Want to do the thing? Oh yes, do the thing. We're all right. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. Well, without further ado, I must bid you adieu. So if you know it, say it with me now. Goodbye, Mwah! and good night. Bang. Wow. If that wasn't a literal moment in time for Omega, Callus, and what the situation is going to be with AEW and what they're going to be doing going forward, it's going to be some interesting shit. Now, we know Moxley is going to be entitled to a rematch for the AEW World Championship somewhere down the line. I'm sure... um, you know, he's going to be home a little bit with his, with his wife, uh, Renee Paquette, and uh, tending to her, you know, since she's now pregnant with their first child, and finding out is going to be a baby girl. Uh, and again, congratulations to John and Renee on their first child due very soon, uh, following, of course, the uh, birth of Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. And I know I usually don't try to, you know, go across lines in terms of um, brands in terms of, you know, brand shows here, uh, for the, uh, rest of the, for, uh, should I say the YLP podcast, but it'd be like that sometimes. So we got a lot of things going on here. Um, I'm sure they'll all be the, I'm sure they'll be the bestest of friends since, um, Moxley and Rollins, you know, used to roll together, uh, back in the day. But this was just simply fantastic. I mean, what a way to just, I mean, this is the second hour and I'm sure, and throughout the show, it was just really building towards, you know, a lot of things going on. It was just fantastic. I mean, everything would happen with the six-man tag between the Bush of the Blade and Kenny Kingston versus Lance Archer and the Lucha Bros. That was sick. Um, all of that. That was just crazy bananas. All of it. All of it was just dope. And this was really the centerpiece of the show, I think, personally, in my opinion, for the night with the way Callus and Omega just really just were able to discuss everything and break it all down and just the way they explained it. It was really solid and right to the point. They really took it home and they really dug into John Moxley. They really just like let you know like this was merely just a plan I bided my time for an entire year over. As of course, after Full Gear with Moxley and Omega in the unsanctioned match um, at Full Gear 2019 last year. So... It was it, it it was just perfectly calculated. They really AEW really did their job in terms of really just bringing it home for this and how they screwed Tony Khan, how they screwed uh, AEW. You know the way they did it was just fan fucking fantastic. I was thoroughly just impressed um, across the board and just thoroughly happy with everything that went down in that segment. Thoroughly pleased with what went down and this was just a grand way of ushering in the Omega era in AEW. And I can't wait to see what's going to be going down with that. Now, going forward, um, AEW had matches for next week. Um, of course, the uh, the six-man tag match between Hangman, um, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver finally are going to be teaming up um, in the recruitment, uh, even though Hangman said, you're not recruiting me. You're not going to be recruiting me for anything. One-time deal. All right. They're going to be ta- teaming together um, in the Dark Order's effort to attain the services of Hangman Page as they go up against uh, Matt Hardy and the Private Party. Uh, Cody Rhodes will be taking on Angelico. The Acclaimed, after their uh, 
almost attack of the Young Bucks. We're taking on SCU. Ivelisse and Diamante. Um, following what went down with uh, Nyla Rose, Vicky Guerrero. And I'm trying to think of who else was involved. Because I know there was some dang thing going on. Uh, yeah, so um, Jay Cargill and Nyla Rose, um, you know, were attacking. Let me see who. Yeah, uh, Red Velvet. Um, Steel Chair, Shot, Serena Deeb, and Big Swole come out to stop it. Ivelisse and Diamante come out going after them. So there's a little bit of chaos going on in the women's division. I'll discuss that a little bit later on um, with my final focal point of this episode. But before we get into that, we got to talk about the Inner Circle Ultimatum. Now, my theory about MJF imploding the Inner Circle that I discussed uh, a couple weeks ago from within still stands. As of right now, I'm not seeing anything that changes my mind in terms of what I think with that. And Fretz, I know, has this theory that um, MJ is trying to take over the leadership of a, of uh, the inner circle, which is a dope theory, but I still think we didn't go far enough in terms of, you know, excuse me, that I think, I still think he's going to, he's trying to implode the entirety of the inner circle. Now, the inner circle ultimatum was not only hilarious, but it gave us a ton of insight into what possibly could be happening over the next couple of months. So let's get into um, this whole entire situation with the inner circle ultimatum. Now, of course, y'all know they went to that a little nice little Vegas trip there, uh, trying to you know bring some camaraderie and brotherhood to the squad the squadron. But the tensions in, within the group wasn't really you know smoothed out. You know what I'm saying? So they figured you know after last week, after everything that went down. Chris uh, Jericho said, you have a week to get it together, to look inside ourselves and see, do we still want to continue the inner circle? If we don't, inner circle dies. So they come out to the ring, all six of them, and I'll discuss why Santana wasn't there in the next segment. But he said, we have to decide to either work together as a, a group of seven or split apart now and forever. We're here to see where we all stand. You know, he says, this is a very serious night here. This could be the last time we're all together in AEW. And I said last week, we must decide if we are to become the most powerful faction in wrestling history or disband forever. Forever. The crap that's been going on is not what I wanted when I put the group together or when I brought in MJF and Wardlow. We were pushing and shoving like a bunch of little petulant punks. And it was embarrassing. I vow it will never happen again. Sammy, I know you don't like MJF. Wardlow, you don't like Hager and Ortiz. You're just sick of it all. Santana could even be here. He's so angry. So now, do we move forward as a unit? Or do we end it all? The time for Aaron Grievances begins now. MJF says, let me take the lead on this. Fans start booing him. Before I continue speaking, I just want you guys to understand I love each and every single one of you like brothers. Ortiz, you're my essay, bro. I love you all. I'm starting to understand what's going on. I might be the issue here. I'm no idiot. I see the social media post. People think I want to break up the group or even take it over. Wink, wink. Maybe the others believe that, but I make it clear that I chose to be a part of the greatest faction in all of wrestling. Moreover, I wanted to create unbreakable bonds in a band of brothers. That's why it killed me to see that Sammy portrayed. Shut up, MGF. Shut your mouth. You're the problem. 
I'm sick of this. Screw you. Jericho says he told you months ago. We watched. We actually watched Dynamite. We saw what you did. You had the towel. Thought about throwing it. I saw it on camera, man. Christopher, Christopher, understand this is all a misunderstanding. I was sweaty. I was going to wipe my brow. Ortiz says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Santana helped me realize something. You two are jackasses. Great talents. Beneficial to the group. But as humans, debatable. Wardlow, you're great. Never change. Never change. But you, MGF, uh, you're growing on me like a fungus. Even so, I'll shake your hand. Sammy? Sammy's reluctant, of course. Ortiz says, I get it, I get it, Sammy. But Jericho chose MGF. We didn't. But in life, you don't get to choose the hand you're dealt. Message! And like it or not, together, we are the winning hand. Sammy, be the better man here. You are better than him, and you know it. MJF MJ looks like he was going to let that one slide, even if it means, you know, shaking each other's hand. Tell Sammy, shake his hand. Sammy's very reluctant. Sammy wants no part of this. He knows what's up. He's re- he know he's reading MJF like a motherfucking book. And if you're and if you're watching the same thing, you get that you had that same thought as well as Sammy did. Sammy says, "Okay, okay, okay. I will. I will." But only because I trust you, Chris. You brought me to AEW in the inner circle. But if one more thing, and I mean one more thing, I'm warning you and you, Chris. I'm going to quit the team. Jericho takes off his sunglasses. He says, okay. I'm serious. He's like, okay, I get it. Okay, I understand. They shake hands. Jericho pats them both on the shoulder and says, this is huge. I appreciate what everyone has said, and I hope this means the inner circle are all on the same page, right? Hager, though, I have a question, though. Why does Wardlow keep staring at me? What? Staring at you? You're the one staring at me. Now we get it. Now we get it out with Hager and Wardlow. Finally, it creeps me out. Will you creep me out? Calm down. Calm down. I have an idea. How about we all agree to stop staring? Hager says, I, must, I can stop staring when I want to. Wardlow says the same. Okay, then. We will continue to grow, build, and dominate like we all know we can. So we agree to a future. A bright future. MGF Speak Up says, the future is going to be the main event tonight where I beat the ever-loving crap out of Orange Cassidy, the man who beat my friend, Chris Jericho, twice. Not an easy thing to do, actually. Jericho's like, stop, 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 stop. You're ruining the moment. Right, sorry, sorry. So it's agreed. Put it in. Of course, all of course, Ortiz putting up two on behalf of Santana. Of course, with Sammy putting in the last middle finger again, reluctantly. So for now, the inner circle is intact. Of course, which led to uh, what went down on the dynamite uh, with, in the main event with di- uh, the dynamite diamond on the line um, between MJF and Orange Cassidy, which MJF did retain his uh, dynamite diamond. Um, that was this was a fun match. This was wa- this was just wild as shit. Um, of course, all members of the inner circle were out there. Sans Santana, 
best friends were out there, but then they brought out some squad too. Uh, towards the end of this matchup, which was it, 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 it turned out to be an absolute insane asylum. Towards this, who the fuck did he bring out? I think he brought out the Varsity Blondes. I know that. Who else did they bring out? I'm going to see if uh, Chairshot.com, which, is, which by the way, which is what I have reference uh, for this in terms of promos and all that. So, you know, just so you don't get it twisted, you know, I do reference things um, from Mitchell. And of course, I give credit to uh, the Chairshot.com for providing us with like, the entirety of stuff because, you know, um, it gives me good reference to talk about things because there's, of course, I have my notes, but, you know, always get the reference things from uh, other places as well, which is good times. You know, of course, give credit where credit is due. Chairshot.com, really, really good place to get all your, uh, you know, results and uh, reports. Very, really good website. I give them all the credit in the world. Really, really good stuff. Makes me feel smart, but, you know, credit goes to them. But, you know, with the end of the matchup, um, it looked as if Cassidy, Orange Cassidy was about to get the, uh, win the diamond, uh, Dynamite Diamond. All hell broke loose. All members of the inner circle and, you know, best friends and all people they brought out from the back. Um, you know, in, in, in a, a midst of all the nonsense, Miro and Kip Sabian come out and beat the shit out of Cassidy. You know, you know, and of course it was payback for the Xbox that they broke. Uh, mocking Orange Cassidy, hands in pockets, MJF gets the cover, and he retains the Dynamite Diamond, which is always a good thing. Um, after, um, of course, then the best friends go up for Kip and Miro, all that stuff. But so, so for now, it looks as if the inner circle is maintained. But keep an eye on Sammy Guevara going forward. This is going to be one of those things where it could lead to Sammy Guevara, MJF, possibly. Who knows? We will see going forward. But just for now, Inner Circle remains at seven. And finally, I think this is going to be dope. I think finally we're getting somewhere with the women's division. And I declared on Tuesday, episode 276 of the YLP podcast, last week, this week, if you haven't checked that out yet, Please do go out of your way to check that out, of course, after you listen to this episode, of course. That the NXT Tag Team Division has finally begun its resurrection with the addition of the Grizzly Young Veterans, the return of Imperium to the Tag Team Division. I'm making a very bold statement here. But I declare that on this day, Friday, December 11th, 2022, days before my mother's birthday, by the way, that the AEW Women's Division is officially beginning their rise to prominence. It will be a slow process, of course. Well, 2021 on the horizons is probably the best of the division we have seen so far. And let me explain myself a little bit. Of course, the entire the entire uh, division circles around right now. Hikarushita as the AEW Women's World Champion and Abaddon, the number five contender currently, um, on the AEW's top five list of contenders. But it's definitely building towards Abaddon versus Sheeta for the AEW Women's World Championship. Underneath that, you have, of course, uh, Nyla Rose, Vicky Guerrero, Jade Cargill, going after, you know, Brandy Rhodes, Serena D, Big Swole of the women's division, Layla Hirsch, and all of that, Britt Baker, we're finally starting to see a little bit of build with the women's division. 
in AEW. And it's something I've been wanting to see for pretty much ever since the inception of the women's division in AEW. And finally, it looks as if we're finally starting to get what we what I've personally been hoping for for quite some time. A proper championship feud with Sheeta and Abaddon. You've got major players underneath that. Now you have Jade Cargill. Um, you have Nyla Rose. They're kind of aligning in a sense with Vicky Guerrero. You have Serena D, Big Swole, Red Velvet getting attacked. You've got, you know, Anna Jay. You've got Diamante and Eva Lise. You have a lot of players in the women's division. There's a lot of names now that are getting built. Uh, of course, I believe, who else? Uh, Kylan King, Layla Hirsch. Tasha Price, who faced uh, Abaddon in a very, very quick match uh, after getting her butt whipped for about three minutes. Um, Finally, I'm thinking they're starting to, I'm starting to see a sense of hierarchy in the women's division. And I'm not at the point where I'm ready to give, you know, ready to start up my top tier, mid tier, low tier just yet. Um, I used to. Early on, when I started uh, covering AEW for Light the Fuse, um, for AEW Dynamite, uh, early, uh, late in 2019, and I had it at a, at a point. Now, we also uh, are waiting for the impending return of Chris Statlander. You still have Penelope Ford as well. There's a lot of players in this women's division, and I think, and here's the one thing I'm thinking. Of course, Lady Frost, um, I think Jenna Von Muscles, if I think that's her name. I'm not exactly sure. If y'all do, let me know. Um, I do follow her on Instagram. I think I, just, I don't remember her actual name, in-ring name. Um, but they're really starting to build a solid division. And I think AEW Dark is really helping that cause. Um, you know, Abaddon is getting built up. You're starting to, you know, Shanna. Holy shit. Shanna came back this past week um, on AEW. Uh, of course, she was in France. Um because uh, due to coronavirus, but damn, I haven't said those three words in a while. So we're starting to gain players. Now, unfortunately, B Priestley now in NJPW with um, her boo thing, Chalaka Boo Bang, staying by her side like her boo thing. And Sadie Gibbs, unfortunately, aren't there. And I would have loved to see at least Sadie Gibbs be there because I thought she would have been a definite major player going into 2021. Plus, I think she's fucking adorable. I am just a man. I am merely just a man. Ricky, we need... I'm, I'm just going to say this real quick side note. Hey, Ricky, if you hear this, bruv, I need to... I, I may want to talk to you about that making it being a t-shirt. It's a hell of a catchphrase, my dude. I'm just saying I am just a man. I am merely just a man. Let it be known. But the women's division is really starting to get built. And I know we got Rio over in Japan. I mean, is over in Japan, chilling, all this stuff. But with what they've got going on right now, this is starting to really build. And they're really starting to get things. I'm not saying they're NXT by any means. As I, as I always say, NXT is the flat-out, undisputed best women's division in all, of, in all of women's wrestling hands down. But you got to think. You got to think, y'all, ladies and gentlemen. You know... We've really got something going here with this division. We really do. I personally think we do. Now, I'm sure a lot of y'all are probably thinking, no, Zach, Zach, Mr. YLP, hey, man, come on, bruv. Come on, Pippin. Come on, man. Really? Really? You think this women's division really getting built now? I do. I really do. 
I've had hope for this division for over a year now. It's literally been 14 months, actually, if we really think about it. I really do have hope for the division. And this is pretty much the first time in quite some time I can honestly say we have hope in this division. I'm excited for this division. I'm ready to see all of this. And I'm ready to see how everything plays out with everything involved. With Jade Cargill, with Nyla Rose as a, a, a kind of a unit, with Ivelisse and Diamante now becoming a unit. You know, I hope they get Nicole Savoy. If they get Nicole Savoy and Big Swole as a tag team, I want to see that. That'd be fire. There's a, there's a lot of, you know, moving parts in this division. But I think with time, and especially if they start building towards Revolution and really starting to gain steam with the women's division going into 2021, I put that I put this on everything. That this division is going to be a big freaking deal. And finally, we start to see the development of the division as a whole and what we can possibly get out of it. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude this week's episode of Light the Fuse. When we come back for episode 277 of the YLP podcast, I got a couple bits of news before we head out for the weekend. Of course, I'm going to be talking about uh, what happened to Santana. Um, why he wasn't uh, there uh, or made an appearance on this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. And of course, y'all know we're going to be talking about the AEW Dynamite and NXT ratings news. And like I said, and I just you know, I put it out on Instagram yesterday, men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. Of course, for episode 277 of the YLP podcast, stay tuned. We'll be right back. show. I made it with Patreon. I made it for here. Who knows? We'll see what happens when we get there. Any thoughts at all? Young Lions Perspective at gmail.com Yes, yes, yes. All that. All the good things. All the good things. All the good things. And uh, again, make sure you are using code uh, War15 over uh, for your uh, 15% off your entire purchase. We'll use the Teespring my Teespring store and we're at young lines Dash perspective.mytspring.co again 50% off your entire purchase uh, between now and the end of this year. Patrons you can use your exclusive code to get 50% off as well. Uh, over at the team over at my Teespring store, make sure you're checking all that out. Get your Christmas shopping done right now to ensure you get this by Christmas. Um, if you wait, I believe uh, it's like the last full week. Um, to get, yeah, I believe, uh, to be able to get it before Christmas, um, I believe maybe, like, this uh, coming Monday, maybe the last full day, before you're able to, if you were trying to get it by, you're trying to get this merch by Christmas, I think the last full day, I'm, I'm just gonna guess here, will be either Sunday or Monday, um, 
you go over to Teespring, make sure uh, when you, before you check out, there is a date that states uh, when it's going to be printed and then when it's going to be sent to you by. So they have a little gap of time uh, in between. So you want to make sure if you're trying to get that by Christmas, make sure you get it right now. Young Dash Lines, that's perspective.myteespring.gov. Use code WAR15 over to save yourself 15% off. Get that YLP merch. Represent the YLP movement proudly. Share it on your Twitter and make sure you tag me on Twitter at YL Perspective or over on Instagram at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective. And if you would love to have your uh, yourself with the merch on featured on a future ad for our deals and stuff, make sure, of course, you hit me up, give me your permission to actually use it. Um, and then we'll be able to actually use that in our future promotions and we'll be able to be featured on a future hashtag fashion Friday on the Wrestle Attic Radio Twitter and Instagram and you'll be featured on my uh, Instagram and Twitter for Fashion Friday as well get your 15 minutes of pure excellence and fantastic wonderful happiness Telling you, it's a beautiful thing. But hashtag Fashion Friday is a big deal. Just saying. Uh, I'll definitely be getting my, some of my stuff uh, before Christmas. So I want to make sure I get that as well. I already got what I need lined up. I got some thang things. And I'm going to look fresh to death. But, of course, thank you for sticking around for episode 277 of the podcast. I got a couple of bits of news before we head out for the weekend. I'm going to start off with an article from eWrestlingNews.com. Professor glasses on here so I can uh, read this because I okay sidebar I can I'm 2020 I'm division 100% but at times I do squint when I see small print on certain things um, so I want to go to the optometrist uh, and possibly get myself some new glasses and get my big fiasco on uh, and look fly you can probably see the glasses on Instagram but I may post them at a later time um but yeah, let's get into a little bit of news. The reason why Santana didn't appear on AEW Dynamite revealed. This is from uh, Brandon Ewing, by the way. Santana's lack of presence on this week's episode of Dynamite was due to personal reasons, according to a new report. The Inner Circle member was not present for the group's appearance on Wednesday's, Wednesday night's Dynamite. Uh, during and after, of course, this is also about um, the uh, Chris Jericho and Frankie Kazarian match. In a report provided by Bodyslam.net, uh, Santana wasn't in Jacksonville and wasn't at the show due to personal reasons. It was not health related and he was not sick. Santana was also not at the Dynamite tapings on Thursday, meaning that he wouldn't be on next week's show. Oh, as pretty much uh, this week's show. Now, mind you, this is from last week. Um, let me see if I can find the articles. I know there's a, I don't know why they didn't give you the real reason as to why, which is bullshit, which is very wrong on so many levels. There we go. Let's see if I can find it. There we go. Okay, the article from Andrew Rubens. I'm, I apologize for that. He review, Santana reveals why he missed recent AEW Dynamite tapings from Andrew Ravens. Santana has been absent, absent from the last couple of weeks of AEW Dynamite. This AEW star took the Instagram to explain why. He wrote the following statement, and I quote, This year has literally tried to break me in half. It's like I've been hit with every knockout punch life has, but my pride won't let me go down. I've been waiting to wake up from this nightmare since January 1st, but the truth is there's no waking up from life. There's only taking it on the chin and moving forward. 
Last week, my family and I suffered another huge loss with the sudden passing of my stepfather. I can go on forever about what this man meant to my family and I. My respect for him was infinite, and I will forever be grateful for the love and admiration he had for all of us. But most of all, the love and respect he had for my mother. As a kid, he'd always encourage me to follow my dreams. He worked his ass off every day to make sure we always had what we needed. Just the true definition of a working family man. I can never repay you for what you did for us, but I will continue our job of holding down the family and taking care of moms. Thank you for all the memories, lessons, advice, understanding, and love. It'll be with me forever. Love you, Jose. Rest in peace. P.S. Thank you to all the family, friends, and peers who have reached out to offer their love and support. And I think, and thank you to the fans who have expressed their concerns but have given my family and I respect slash privacy during this time. Thank you. End quote. And if you follow Santana Ortiz, uh, at Santana underscore proud, the, of course, he has the picture of his mother and uh, his stepfather and Santana there at their wedding. Um, and we here at, of course, the Y on behalf of the WrestleMania Radio family. And, of course, on, on behalf of my unofficial co-host, uh, Marley, uh, we here at the WrestleMania uh, Radio family and the YLP podcast do send our condolences to Santana and his family uh, for the loss of his stepfather. Um, as y'all know, I lost my father, um, a little less than a month, uh, about a month and a half ago, um, due to a, a heart attack and then a quadruple bypass surgery, um, which they had the week after. Um, and I think me personally, and I'm just assuming off this, which I did explain a couple weeks ago, um, I believe his heart wasn't able to handle the, the, everything that happened with the surgery. Um, and that the following, uh, that Friday, um, he had passed, um, on October 30th, um, 2020. And so, um, I can relate and I, my heart definitely goes out to Santana and I'm glad he's taking the time to step away from AEW for now and be with his family in this time of grieving. Um, I can definitely relate. And I know there's a lot of, and I know, um, my friend's mother had passed away the Sunday I came back from uh, Denver, um, and I was there for uh, his family in the, um, their time of grief as well, because she was kind of like the only other person who, besides my mother, that I actually called mom, like literally called mom, like, you know, I wouldn't even call her by her name, I called her mom, that, that was mom, you know, she was always there to, you know, give us something to eat or, you know, crack jokes on my friends and all that stuff. She took in one of my very good friends, uh, who I'm very good friends with, um, and that was like her second son. You know, she took him in and treated him like family, and she always treated us like family. You know, myself and my other friends. You know, my other squad group of very close friends. Um, so this year has been crazy for a lot of people, and so it really puts things into perspective. And no pun intended at all. But it really puts things into perspective, you know, passing of family members and especially, you know, a parent. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, I really hadn't known my father for a majority of my life. And I wish I did. Um, but, you know, I, you know, as a young teenager, I did have angst for my father not being there. And I kind of, kind of, you know, got into certain things and did things normally, uh, men, you know, boys would do when their father is not present, and so I'm always a big advocate for, you know, um, for boys growing up to have, be able to be around true masculine role models. I know in society today, and I'm really gonna, 
you know, pissing people off, but this is my show, and I say whatever the fuck I feel like, so y'all gonna get down with it or get lost. I feel that young men today, especially in today's society with everything that's going on with, you know, coronavirus and all the bullshit and, you know, with everything that's going on in the news and society and, you know, how society deems men just pretty much disposable, that men, the young men really truly need proper masculine role models in their lives. And unfortunately for me, I never had that. I did have, you know, men that I knew, but I was pretty much one of those men that really much went through life having to learn it as I go. So I've been an advocate for some time for men to properly be men and for society to let us be men and not, you know, have us be a little feminized, little, you know, punk motherfuckers on the cover of Vogue wearing fucking dresses and shit. Um, Harry Styles, you a bitch. And I don't care what anybody says. Um, you know, this is my opinion. You a bitch, man, for that. And, uh, you know, you lose your man card the second you put that on, fam, fam. Just saying. I don't care, you know, if you, if you, you know, he was part of one, you know, direction, whatever the fuck. You do that shit. Nah. We don't, nah. Around here, around here in the YLP realm, we don't fuck with that. Uh, and Jamila Jamil, fuck you. Um, just gonna put that out there. I'll, I'll shoot fire all day, every day. But, um, yeah, we don't do that around here. And, um, you know, so, especially for a guy like Santana to say, you know, you know, he was truly, you know, there in his life, you know, making sure, you know, being a very hardworking man, making sure, you know, he had everything we needed, you know, all the, you know, lessons, advice, understanding, giving him love, like, that's a beautiful thing right there. And I really want to see that more in men today. And with the way society's going, we need that now. We need true masculinity now more than ever. I don't mean to, you know, be like, you know, put myself on, put myself on a um, soapbox hot, you know, real quick. But seeing that, you know, I understand, you know, you know, having, you know, the lessons, the advice, the understanding, being, a, you know, a role model in his life, you know, that's that's a powerful thing right there because then you can, you as a man, can take those lessons and really, really be able to build. And now he understands, you know, now I'm gonna work my ass off to make sure, you know. I hold it down for my family. And that's that's what we truly need. We need proper masculine role models in our young men's lives. Because then you can see guys like Santana, you know, thanking his father for everything that he that he taught him. And the respect that he has for him. You know, and respecting the fact, you know, showing love for the fact that he had love and respect for his mom. You know, to always encourage him to follow his dreams. You know, show, setting the example. That's beautiful. That is a beautiful thing. And we need more of that in society. We don't need to shut masculinity down. We need to prop it up. And this is one beautiful example of that, you know. And that's honoring a man who's, who pretty much, you know, you know, Someone who wasn't his actual biological father, but loved him as a father. You know what I'm saying? I know some people, you know, bullshit on that, but you know, that's a beautiful, but in, in the whole context, that's a beautiful thing to see, you know, Santana's stepfather, you know, be a role model in his life. And that's what we need in society today. We need more of that. 
And I know, I know there's going to be some people listening to this like, you know, or all this shit. And you know what? Y'all can kiss my ass. But trust me when I tell you, without proper masculine role models, a lot of the people you see today, you know, you know, guys like, you know, like guys like that guy, you know, guys like, you know, today, you know, like Floyd Mayweather, you know, his father taught him the art of boxing. Roy Jones' dad, um, Trying to think of the current ones right now. Trying to think, there's a, there was one story I saw about him and his father. I forget who it was, but you know, he was talking about, you know, my dad was the biggest influence on my life. That's a beautiful thing. And so seeing that makes me happy. It really makes me happy, you know. And again, rest in peace to Jose and um, my condolences to you and your family. And, you know, whenever you're ready to come back into the swing of things, I know Santana will definitely be ready. And to round off, I don't know, that was pretty hard to follow that, but we got to keep going on as we do. And of course, y'all know I was going to leave y'all without talking about the ratings. The ratings battle the Wednesday night war between AEW Dynamite and NXT. That went down this past Wednesday. Let's get into it from BleacherReport.com. AEW Dynamite, headlined by Sting Appearance, beats WWE NXT in a ratings battle. This is from Joseph's, excuse me, Joseph Zucker. Now, if you saw this, you saw this post on my Instagram yesterday. I posted it immediately after I saw it. So if you saw it yesterday, you know exactly what I'm about to talk about. But if you didn't, this is what it goes. This is what we goes. Let's get into it. One week. After he debuted, Sting helped AEW Dynamite beat WWE NXT in the Wednesday night ratings battle. According to Showbuzz Daily, Dynamite averaged 995,000 viewers on TNT compared to 659,000 for NXT on USA Network. Sting made a shocking arrival in All Elite Wrestling on December 2nd, which came to with no prior fanfare. As a result, it's hard to say how much of Dynamite's 913,000 average viewers were drawn to that dramatic moment. Sports Illustrated's Justin Barraza reported some inside AEW were hopeful of getting 1 million plus to tune in Wednesday with the benefit of being able to advertise Sting's presence. Close. The WWE Hall of Famer didn't go in depth regarding his purpose in AEW, but appeared to tease a possible collision with Cody. Sting wasn't the only massive star to interact with a member of the Rhodes family. Shaquille O'Neal gave a sit-down interview with Tony Schiavone alongside Brandy Rhodes in which he spoke about Jay Cargill's backstage attack on Brandy, which left her with a significant arm injury. O'Neal said he'll be there when Cargill and Brandy eventually clash with one another. The interview ended badly when O'Neal suggested to Brandy that she could get some pointers from Cargill while recuperating. Brandy responded by throwing a glass of water in his face. The Inner Circle Looked to be on the brink of disillusion during Dynamite a week ago. The faction remains as one, but it may still be an uneasy alliance between the original group and newest additions MJF and Wardlow. MJF prevailed in the main event, defeating Orange Cassidy to claim the Dynamite Diamond. He got some help from Miro, who delivered a massive clothesline to Cassidy that allowed MJF to get the pinfall. Now, I, now they go into NXT. Um... But I'm not going to get into it because I personally have not seen NXT as of yet. 
So I'm not going to say anything in terms of what happened on NXT. Again, I do not know what happened. I'm not going to read it. If you did see NXT um, this past Wednesday night, um, I'm sure I'm hopefully you enjoyed the show. I will be watching it personally over the weekend and getting my notes ready for episode 279 of the podcast. When we talk about last week, this week, uh, this coming Tuesday. So we'll be discussing all of that on Tuesday's show. But what I didn't, what it didn't say in the report and what I uh, posted on my Instagram is that they were not only number two in cable on the cable side of things. Um, with a 0.57 rating, I believe, in um, 18 to 49 in males, but they were number one in cable in all persons 18 to 49. You can look it up on Brian Alvarez's tweet. I also, I believe, I uh, put that on there as well um, with that. But think about that. They almost hit a million, they were close to hitting a million viewers for the second time in the company's history, in the show's history. 995, that's a jump. 913,000 jump to 995. I believe uh, NXT was pretty much the same. Uh, I believe there was somewhere around the 658 range. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. Um, But that is a huge victory for Dynamite. And they're really still, and I even posted on Twitter, my, my view, my, my declaration still stands that NX, that WWE is in trouble, big trouble. Look at the momentum they have now gained with Sting joining AEW. Now, as to the fact that you had Shaq on this week's episode of AEW Dynamite and Everything that's been going on with the M- with MJF and Wardlow joining the uh, you know being part of the inner circle, the possible in my mind implosion uh, from within due to MJF, and everything that you know with going with that going forward, everything that they're building towards FT- with FTR, of course the Young Bucks with um, Kip Sabian and Miro uh, going up against best friends, you know with um, the feud between. Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston and of course the Lucha Bros and Pac and all of that with the Between Blade and all that. And then you, have, you still have, you know, Kenny Omega and Don Callis after what happened last week with the AEW World's Championship. I said it last week and I'm going to say it again. I do not think NXT will get a victory in the ratings for the remainder of December. WWE is in trouble. I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again. WWE, I don't know if they got it. I don't know if they have anything in their bag. That makes me believe, personally, that they can stop this train that AEW is on. And we have three, still have three weeks left in December. Now... With what they have going on, let me see if I can find it here on the chairshot.com real quick, because I think they actually talked about it on there. Uh... Now, mind you, now on December 23rd, they got big holiday shows prepared. They got the Dynamite, AEW Dynamite Holiday Bash. It's going to be following the NBA on, on TNT when my Boston Celtics play the Milwaukee Bucks in a very, very high-profile Eastern Conference matchup. 
possible preview of the Eastern Conference Finals somewhere down the line of the year. December 30th and January 6th is going to be a two-part event. They're calling New Year's Smash. Going in before the uh, before the uh, New Year, going on down on Thursday. Jericho. Chris Jericho is going to be on commentary as a special guest doing commentary, which is fantastic. Um, but on January 6th, the first show of AEW Dynamite in 2021, Snoop Dogg is going to be on AEW Dynamite. Of course, uh, he is part of the uh, the big show, uh, the Go Big Show, I believe, is what it's called, with Cody Rhodes. So not only are we going to get Jericho on commentary on the last episode of AEW Dynamite in 2020, we're going into the new year, first episode of 2021, Snoop Dogg is making an appearance on AEW Dynamite. So you mean to tell me that WWE NXT is going to have something going on that they're going to be building towards? Now, if you watch NXT TakeOver uh, War Games, um, I know exactly what they're building for, for uh, January 6th. So I already know what they're going to be doing with that to try to counteract uh, what AEW is going to be doing for New Year's Smash. But there's no way possible that with the momentum that AEW Dynamite has right now, that makes me believe for one second NXT has got a ratings win in their bag. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if they got it. And with everything that they got going on right now, storyline-wise, across the board for AEW, they've got a lot to go on. A lot of entertaining feuds that are building, a lot of stuff that is brewing. Of course, you know, with Kenny Omega, with the impending return of John Moxley when they, he decides to come back and challenge for the AEW World Championship, the inner circle they got big going on, uh, the, the feud between Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston, between the Death Triangle and uh, yeah. the family, with the, uh, the tag team division right now still heating up. They've got, um, you know, the women's division starting to, you know, get going. Uh, the TNT Championship, the impending uh, match between Brian Cage and Darby Allen with Team Taz and the Nightmare Family. They've got a lot going on and a lot of entertaining stuff. And how NXT is going to try to counter that, I don't know. How WWE is going to try to counter that, I don't know. I don't think for the remainder of December they're going to get a ratings win. I'll be shocked if NXT is able to pull out a ratings victory. But I will be... I won't be surprised if next week they are in the same, if AEW is in the same range, somewhere between 913 and 995. They're going to be in that range because fans are going to start to see, you know, that, and also Sting and Cody Rhodes. What's going on with that? What do they have brewing there? What's going to be going on with everything? There's so much to keep an eye on in AEW and a lot of storylines that people are going to want to keep up with that more fans are going to gravitate towards AEW than I think they are for NXT. I said I say NXT is a bad show. And it, when you got NXT and AEW, you get the best night of um, professional wrestling during the week. And I will always say that proudly. Wednesday is always the best night for professional wrestling. But in terms of what, if we're looking at just ratings and what they've got going on, WWE is in trouble. WWE is in trouble. And Raw and SmackDown, SmackDown's barely hanging on by a thread. And Raw is just in the tank, in the, in the toilet, I should say. They're not in the tank. They're in the toilet. And week by week, people are still thinking it's going to be a, it's a straight-up dumpster fire. 
with with Raw. You know what I'm saying? You know, WWE is in some trouble. And AEW, AEW is literally just going to be standing back, looking at what they've got and said, try and beat us. If you can, survive if we let you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude episode 277 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we're going to close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 278 of the YLP podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 277 of the YLP Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are. And the world! Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. As always, y'all, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Again, if you have any comments, concerns, thoughts, opinions, anything of the like, don't hesitate to leave a voice message on anchor.fm slash young lions respected anchor.fm slash wrestle addict radio. Leave a pop, leave a comment. Sorry. Over on the videos podcast, boostjones.com. And if you guys don't have to donate, a couple of shekels towards my way. I'd be really appreciative of all the good things. Any emails you want to send to me with any thoughts or anything like that, young lions respected at Gmail.com. And of course, if you want to follow me on my social media and stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast, you can follow me on Twitter at YL Perspective. That's capital YLP Perspective. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night. SmackDown Live every Friday. I must have a prior obligation to attend to. I'll let you guys know prior to that particular show. And of course, every AEW live pay-per-view, every WWE live pay-per-view that I'll be doing for WWTLC next Sunday. So let you guys know about that. Every NXT and NXT UK takeover special. And if I'm up at 3 or 30 in the morning because I went to the bathroom and can't seem to go back to sleep, I do live for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. If you want to follow me over on my Instagram, you can find me over there at Yanni underscore Lions underscore Perspective. All the updates for shows, posts that I see throughout, uh, like I did for the one yesterday on my Instagram. Of course, talking about uh, AEW Dynamite's ratings win over NXT, things like that, all that good stuff. All the good things. If you want to follow me over on my Facebook, which all my Instagram posts actually go to, so if you can take a look at that, find me over there at Young Lions Perspective, all one word, or simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page, share the page, make damn sure you follow the page. You have over 100 followers over on the page. I think every single one of y'all will show them their continuous love and support. We'll be updated very, very soon as long as my Facebook acts right and I can get everything going on over there. So make sure you follow me on all those platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast. Of course, if you enjoy this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP Podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the home tech, Axe, Harvard, and Gab. Send it through your friend in the DMs. You can use it to send a text message, all that good stuff. And of course, you can use your Facebook Messenger or any other type of Messenger, WhatsApp, Signal, all those apps. 
send it to a friend, see if they like it. If they do like it, they'll bring them. You can bring them over to the Wrestle Attic Radio side of things and get them acclimated, of course, to the War family as well with the Kings of the Rings podcast, WrestleMania podcast, and of course the Delight Show with Mance Chapel every single week. Because in these unprecedented times with coronavirus going on, we here at Wrestle Attic Radio do our very damn best to provide you the best top-notch quality entertainment across the board and we have a variety of stuff also make sure you go check out the articles of war squadron um head over to the uh, wrestle attic radio twitter page and find that over there we got a plenty of writers over there fan fiction opinion pieces all that good stuff and we got a, lit- a litany of team and we got a team building over here be a part of it not only listening to us on the audio side but reading all the fun stuff we have over on the Articles of War WordPress page. Again, you can go over to the Wrestle Addict Radio Twitter page at Addict underscore Wrestle to find all of that over there. Find the link to that. Beeline it right there and check out all of that as well. We got a very solid team of writers, and I think they do damn good work. Um, really fun, really good stuff over there with all that. So make sure you check that out as well because we here at Wrestle Addict Radio want to be not only the cure for the common wrestling podcast, but we strive to be 100% without a doubt, undisputed, undoubtedly, then, now, and forever, then alternative for professional wrestling podcast, and that we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all do not have the anchor up, and that's perfectly fine. You're not hurting my feelings whatsoever. Everybody has their favorite apps that they want to use for their podcasting needs. But just in case you've been living under a rock for quite some time, hey, listen, anchor.fm and ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com aren't only the players in town that we got. We can be found on many different platforms, including the two most important ones, and that would be Amazon Music and Audible. Yes, we have partnered up with Amazon Music to be a part of their team. They came to us and said, hey, want to partner up and be a part of Amazon Music? We were like, um... Yeah, that sounds pretty damn good. So now we're broadcast to an even wider audience. So if you're on Amazon Music, you can check out podcasts now. And if you're going to be over there and checking out the shows, make sure you leave a five-star rating. Nice comment, of course, talking about the show. And suggest to all of your friends that they listen to it as well. With Audible, of course, uh, it is all about the audiobooks. Hundreds of thousands of audiobooks you can find over on Audible. Uh, of course, your favorite professional wrestler's favorite professional wrestler may have a book on there as well. But now they also are included in the podcast party. So make sure you head over to Audible as well. If they have uh, ratings, make sure you give it the top rating and leave a solid comment there. Let the people know that Wrestle Addict Radio is the place to be for your wonderful podcasting needs in the world of professional wrestling. But you can also find all of our podcasts across several different platforms, including Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, Castbox FM, Overcast, Breaker, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify. Bam! Search for the entire WrestleMania Radio family of shows, and you should have no problem finding us whatsoever. And to end the week properly, I'm going to look over to the judges to ensure I fulfilled all my obligations for the week. And I'm looking over today to the country of Algeria. Shout out to Algeria and all the African nations around there. Make sure I get the thumbs up. I am good to go. So, 
we have ended the week properly. I hope you guys had a strong week. I know, again, with coronavirus going on, mental health is very important. And I would say last week, um, I had a little bit of a depression moment with all of that. Um, just thinking about my dad and all that stuff. So um, I you know, called out of work and was just like, you know what? Not, no, not my day. You know, my mental health, my mental is, was just not where it needed to be. And I would suggest you guys make sure you keep your mental will it needs to be. I know there's a lot going on in the world with this, you know, with, with, with coronavirus and, you know, everything else that's going on in society. But you got to maintain a strong sense of mental health. And that will definitely guide you through the tough times. And get, having a strong mindset, in my honest opinion, is definitely the way we're going to keep things up and we're going to get the fuck out of this. All right. Keep a strong mindset. Do not listen to the news. Don't, you know, that will just add stress to your life that you don't need. Um, just, you know, you know, be a productive person. You know, find a, find a, you know, a hobby that you're, you know, really into. Find something that can help you make money. Hit the gym if you have uh, gyms open in your state, wherever you may be. If not, you know, hey, you can go online, resistance bands, all that stuff. You know, they do help. A, a good solid workout. If you're able to go outside and not be California with your shelter in place order, which I think is absolute doo-doo, make sure you take that time to get outside. If you're in a place like Colorado, hey, take a hike. Not literally, not in the literal, like, wording of the phrase, but, you know, take a hike, take a walk, you know, play some music in, you know, in your earphones. Take some time to really get your mental right because... Mental health, I think, is one of the biggest things that people really didn't account into with lockdowns and shelter in place and stay-at-home orders. They really didn't put that into account. So having a strong mindset, strong mental health would definitely get us through this time. You know what I'm saying? Don't listen. Don't watch the news. Don't listen to the corporate media. Don't even bother with that shit. That's just going to add more stress to your life. Um, you know, Find a hobby. If you already have a hobby, work on that. Because um, you never know, that could turn into something lucrative somewhere down the line. If someone enjoys your work and what was want to pay you for it, egg, you know, make that, turn that into something. Learn a new language, learn a new skill. Um, you know, it could be something in coding, could be something in IT, learn a new skill, could be welding, could be anything. You never know, somewhere down the line that can turn into a possible career for you. And you know what? Egg, boom, I learned a new skill set. I wasn't just being lazy on my ass. You know, playing, you know, playing, you know, Call of Duty all day, drinking out and doing eating hot Cheetos. You know, that's not the way here. And we don't do that here at the, over in the YLP Rem either. So strong, you know, develop a sense of strong mental health. And I promise you, it'll definitely go a very long way, a very, very long way towards building a better life for yourself. Other than that, guys, I'm going to get the hell out of here. It's the weekend. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys. Enjoy, you know, just chilling. Be be productive this weekend if you if you can. Visit a friend, call a friend, call your family. Anything you can. And before I head out, of course, my mother's birthday is this Sunday, and uh, my eldest niece's birthday uh, is on Monday. So I want to wish my mother a happy um, 23rd birthday. And to my niece who is turning 14, uh, Gianna. Happy birthday, darling. I'll probably give you a call on Monday for sure. Happy birthday, Mom. Happy birthday, Gianna. I'm going to get the hell out of here. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys. 
And of course, I'll be back with episode 278 of the YLP Podcast, where we'll be talking about the news of the weekend, all the news that's fit for me to talk about right here. For episode 278 of the YLP Podcast. See you! Go Hawks! This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.